Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Mitch, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How's your day going? Thank you so much. I'm like super excited to be here. It's it's great so far. I got through well my morning routine great this morning and have a good day so far because of it. So no complaints here. How about you? Doing well. Yeah, it's uh it's been a great day so far. We'll see what the where the night takes us. I got some kid stuff, like bring my kids to parties and stuff like that. But the day itself has been going well. Productive and productive makes me happy. So let's uh yeah, I know it's like a an addiction for me almost, but Let's kick this off with uh, you tell my audience of Morning Upgraders who you are, what you do for a living, and then give us something you are grateful for right now. Yeah, I would love to. So uh, my name is Mitch Hankins, born and raised in the Netherlands, lived there for 20 years until I enlisted in the U.S. Air Force and moved around the U.S. a good bit. And while I was in the Air Force as an air traffic controller, I started taking computer science classes. And then once I discharged, I continued kind of my education by becoming like a self-taught coder, you know, built, really built a career around engineering, software engineering, and saw a lot of freedom there, but kind of wanted to do more. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I made the pivot into becoming a performance coach, speaker, and writer. And what I do now is, is especially a lot of writing. People can see that on my blog. I'm also in the process of writing a book. So that's what I would say I'm up to right now. And what I am most grateful for is really the payoff of all the curiosity, all the work I've done on myself in the sense of the community that has manifested around me. Like I alluded to, I've, I've moved around a lot. I never really had a good community around me, close connections, people I really cared about. And now that's completely different. So I'm just grateful for the people I have around me and the experiences I get to share with them. Excellent. You're in San Diego, right? Yeah. Yes, I'm in San Diego. It's like there's never a bad day in San Diego weather-wise. At least I've never experienced one. You know? <laughs> There isn't. And even if there is, then you're just more grateful for the next one. You know, it's like, oh, it was cloudy yesterday, but today it's nice again. So I'll take it. I like that My little mindset trick there. So I'm just curious, what motivated you to go from coder to coach? I'm just, just curious. No, I love that question. It, you know, it's meaningful for sure, because I really had gone into, or actually I'd gotten what I've wanted out of becoming a coder and it turned out to be what I didn't want, you know, because I thought, Hey, if I become a coder, if I become a programmer, I can be completely on my own. I don't have to talk to anyone all day. I can work from home. I don't have to interact with anyone. Don't have to sit in traffic. But then I got there and I had set all these goals, you know, around financial freedom and income and net worth. And as I was getting closer and closer to achieving those goals, I just still felt empty. And then I realized, you know, then I started really doing a lot of research on myself, going to therapy, getting curious, journaling. And then I discovered that that emptiness was just loneliness and a lack of community around me. So I spent so much time and effort and money on books, on courses, on retreats, and all these different things. And then I thought, you know, looking around me, there's so many people with these issues, not just engineers, but there's so many people that are incredibly well-developed like professionally and that have kind of lacked in the area of community. And so I thought, well, maybe all those years it took me to figure that out. I can kind of compress that and I can just tell people, here's what I did. You know, here's what works for me. Here's how I go about it. And just kind of be an inspiration for people to make that journey. And you know, writing and speaking and coaching really seemed like the best way for me to do that. How'd you get through the isolation with the pandemic? At the time, I still had quite a few 
financial goals, I would say that I was working towards. I spent a lot of time reading books on real estate and analyzing properties and getting, you know, networking with, with real estate professionals. And to be entirely honest with you, I still isolated myself a lot during the pandemic. You know, people were scared and I felt that even when people were meeting up, it was very hard to get any kind of like meaningful thing going because, you know, we didn't know how, did you have to be inside? Did you have to be outside? And I was in California at the time and everything was shut down. So for me, the pandemic was pretty tough. And I think a big part of why I started this journey, especially as a software engineer, because I would be at home all day, like doing my job, working remotely. And then I wouldn't go do anything in the evening or on the weekends because everything was closed. Yeah. My team at Ballantyne, we do a lot of video calls. So that, that helped. It's not like the, it's not obviously like the real face-to-face kind of thing. But that's when I started, actually started Morning Upgrade was during that time. And I had my work too, of course, but then I had Morning Upgrade, which was a whole new project and that kind of kept my mind off things. So not to talk about the pandemic a lot, but it just made me think of, because you were talking about you felt alone being the co- being a coder. And little do you know, global pandemic was on its way here. And so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've got a, I think you used the word holy uh, morning routine, holy to you. And so... <laughs> I got, I got to hear this. What, what do your mornings look like? To me, I think they're pretty interesting. And, and people definitely talk to me about them a lot because, you know, I tend to post on my Instagram because I kind of want to show people like, hey, I'm walking the walk. But what I do is I wake up at 6 a.m. Then I take an ice bath. I have a nice little chest freezer in the yard that sets at 47 degrees. So I sit in that water from like three to five minutes. And it's the last thing I want to do in the morning. That's why I do it first. And then after that, I go and sit on my deck so that I can go watch the sunrise and I meditate. Typically, lately, I've been doing more of an energy centers meditation, but I, I just like any kind of meditation, just really getting connected with you know that peace and quiet. And so I can take that into the day. And then after about 15 minutes of meditation, I journal where I have like various prompts about what my goals are for the day and what my sleep statistics were because I wear like a sleep tracker and what my fears are even because I've discovered if I kind of dig into my fears, it gives me a lot of clarity about where I want to go in life. And then I read some inspirational books. So typically something where the chapters are a little shorter, like um, that book the Admiral wrote, like Why to Make Your Bed or, or something similar to that. I like the Toltec Wisdom books. Then I exercise, like either walking around the block with the dogs or doing yoga. And that whole routine typically takes me about an hour, hour and a half. Then I'm ready to jump into work. Love it. First one that comes to mind, uh, what's what's the best book you've ever read? I would say Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And as with anything great, there's pros and cons to it where... It's an older book, but it's really, I feel like every modern nonfiction book stems, you know, has roots in that book one way or the other. And the reason why I say it's like, oh, one of my favorite books is because it put this idea in my head that the subconscious is like a radio transmitter and receiver where I hadn't really thought about it that way before. But when we have certain behaviors and have certain thoughts about ourselves. I mean, that affects everything, even our genetic expression. You know, it's referred to as epigenetic or epigenetics, where the thoughts we have determine how our genes express themselves and thus how our DNA is affected. And it's the same with our subconscious, like the way we live our days, the things we tell ourselves, the people we surround ourselves with, they all make it into that subconscious. And the subconscious drives the emotional brain, which in turn drives the logical brain. 
So for me, that was just this huge revelation of, oh, I can really program my mind the same way I can program uh, computers. And yeah, another book that kind of comes to mind is The Morning Routine by Hal Elrod, which I'm sure you've heard about. Yeah, of course. That started me down this whole path. I have my own routine I do now, but that, that was really what started it. Have you, um, have you read Napoleon Hill's book called Outwitting the Devil? I have, and I loved it about the drift. Yeah, the becoming, yeah, not becoming a drifter. And yeah, it was really interesting. I listened to the audio and uh, where they had, it's like interview style where he's interviewing the devil. And that was a very unique way. And the fact that it was written like 100 years ago just blows my mind because it's so relevant still today. That's, I had the exact same experience. I can even remember where I read this book. I remember what the yard looked like. I remember what the, the day looked like, the clouds looked like. I just remember that book made such an impression on me that, uh, especially because of that interview style, as you said, and the fact that it was written a hundred years ago, but I felt like I was having a conversation with the man himself. So I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I actually recapped the book on my blog and uh, I have to read it. I want to read it again, though. It's really, uh, I've shared it with a bunch of people. I shared it in my email newsletter for Valentine and Morning Upgrade. And so, you know, when you get a book like that, that you think could change lives, you got to share it. And so uh, I figured you'd heard of it. Absolutely. 47 degrees. What does that feel like? I've been in the Jersey Shore when it was like literally the mid 50s and that was quite painful. So what does 47 feel like? It's a shock at first, but that's the, you know, that's definitely the idea. I feel like for a cold plunge where the whole idea is like put like your body in like a mini trauma and then breathe through it so you can learn to trust it and you can tell your brain like, hey, it's okay. And I have had some exposure to it because I used to live on the cliffs here in San Diego and I would go and surf and the ocean be like high 50s, mid 50s. And I like to go without a wetsuit. I didn't do that too often, but it, I'd already kind of been used to cold water. And so I started torture. at around 55 to... Yeah, <laughs> yes, torture. Yeah, yes, you've ever been used to torture? Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, like you just take small steps and then, you know, all of a sudden you can get tortured a whole lot and then you start enjoying it. <laughs> I think I cut you off, but um, you were, I think you were, okay. you were talking about, yeah, the, you were surfing and without a, without a wetsuit. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I was just curious. Um, I've had a couple yeah, and people I went, on the podcast mention that actually, the cold plunge kind of thing. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's like taking 10 shots of espresso because when you're out, like your headache is gone. You have mental clarity, you know, all your pains are gone. And it's, you know, I started at like 56 degrees or so, and I just turned it down a degree every few weeks. And I mean, I want to go as low as like maybe 40, 41 degrees, you know, in about a year from now and just keep building up the time I spent in there. Yeah, you know, you really get a lot of resistance from it. And there's even research to show that it releases all these chemicals to your body that are disease fighting. And it's just a very, I would say, empowering thing because when I wake up and I open my eyes and I think like, oh no, I have to get in that damn freezer. You know, it's such a... It's not just discipline, but it's such a, I would say, good feeling afterwards when you're like, I just did that. Like, I ate the frog. I can take anything today. Like, I already had the worst, you know? Yeah, I think if I sat in 47-degree weather water for for a minute, I think if when I got out, I probably would pump out like 100 jumping jacks in 30 seconds. I'd be so, so like, energized. You know, I could just picture it. But. Yes. Yeah, that's usually what I do. So <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned something... It's not one of the questions I typically ask, but you had mentioned before we started recording that you, you know, how we were talking about how, how, how was your day going and all that stuff. And you were saying you had, you were feeling overwhelmed uh, about things today. And I'm just curious. I think, you know, we all feel overwhelmed 
and usually on a daily basis, right? Just to varying degrees. But how do you deal with overwhelm? I think that'd be helpful for my for my audience to hear, especially because you're a performance coach. How do you deal with overwhelm? Yeah, I love that question. You know, at first, a few years ago, my answer would have been completely ignored and just keep pushing, you know, suck it up. It'll go away. Just get whatever you want to get done. And now when I, now my answer would be, now that I've learned a lot, it would be like overwhelm is a signal. Like it's just when you stub your toe and your toe hurts and you're not going to go run a marathon because your body's saying like, hey, this toe hurts. It needs to heal itself. So I'm sending pain signals up your spine. Overwhelm's the same thing. It's your brain saying like, hey, something's going on. It doesn't mean that you've already been working on the showers, but maybe other stuff's happened in your personal life and you just can't deal with this right now. So overwhelm means take a step back and look at the big picture and get curious about why you're overwhelmed. Like, is everything okay in personal life? Are you not enjoying the work you're doing? Like what is causing that overwhelm? Not just the the last drop in the bucket, like, you know, the email you have to send or that piece you have to write or the meeting you have to attend. Like what is really causing the vast majority of that overwhelm? And then it's just really getting curious about finding solutions. Like, how can I find a solution where I can get my tasks done one step at a time without constantly running into like those sorts of roadblocks? So to summarize my answer would really be like getting, taking a break and looking at the big picture and getting curious about cause and effect. I find like for me, like journaling helps, going for a walk, meditating, all those things that everyone knows about, but it yes. actually does, it does work. And you know, if you give it time. Yeah. Or exercise. I mean, yep. you know, when I say like, take a step back and, and look at the big picture, the way you really do that by breaking those vicious thought cycles is by yeah going for a walk or meditating because your brain gets to connect, you know, gets to connect in different ways when it's like doing other things and different areas of the brain are stimulated. And, and then it's almost like you have more of a resources of a computer to work on a problem and doing things like exercising, really gets that connection going quickly because you're you're coordinating your body and also your uh, nervous system is coordinating various things like pumping blood faster and oxygen through your body and breathing. And so it's a really good way to snap out of whatever you're currently experiencing and, and kind of get into a new place. Besides exercise and morning routines, are there any pillar habits that you or maybe your clients rely on that you could share with us? Yeah, both. Absolutely. So, you know, the one of the pillar habits for sure is uh, it's probably part of the morning routine, but waking up early, like get up, but you know, with the sunrise, because that's definitely one of the way, way, quickest ways to fix your sleep as well as just feeling productive. And any day I don't wake up before the sunrise, I just don't feel right. Then diet, you know, personally for me, I'm, I have a keto diet because everything in our society nowadays has been either, they put high fructose corn syrup in there, or it's just you don't trust the ingredients and you know it spikes mm-hmm. blood sugar. So really finding a diet that essentially, you know, there's a hundred diets out there, but just finding one that works well for you. Yeah, exercising daily, doing a cold plunge, meditation, reading, making sure you get to see friends, doing fun stuff with friends and family, and really disconnecting from all the productivity that we always want to be doing that I've discovered that's incredibly important. Like, you know, just like you don't grow by exercising in the gym, you grow outside of the gym. And it's kind of similar with professional efforts. You know, you, you really have to take a step back and relax and do fun stuff with friends and family in order to come back stronger and get big results. 
So I would say those are those are really the habits that I I would call them pillars because I do those on on a daily basis. It's amazing as I go down this morning upgrade journey and podcast and speaking to people like you and it's amazing how many I mean you think of like a business and you have the typical business has a lot of strategies that it can use to grow and improve whether it's marketing or operations the team etc but you have the same number of strategies on the personal side to grow yourself and improve yourself. And uh, it's amazing. Like, as I talk to more people, just the different strategies they rely on, you know, there's the obvious ones like journaling and gratitude practice and meditation, but then there's the ones that you, that you like, you'd never think of like, like the cold plunge or red light therapy or grounding outside nature. So we have like, you have your strategies for business for growing and you've got your strategies for the personal side. And, uh, at least I, for me personally, I try to like focus on both ends. Uh, that's my absolutely. Approach. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't agree more. It's just time flew. I've got one last question for you. And then we're going to wrap up with you sharing your website or whatever else you want to share. I like to talk about the meaning of life because I'm just interested in that topic, especially hearing it from hearing the answer from guests like you. So through your lens, through the lens of Mitch, what is the meaning of life? So for my truth, my the meaning of life is expressing our gift to the world and shedding the masks that we have been conditioned to wear since childhood and embracing authenticity, doing what we're, you know, called to do and surrounding us ourselves with people that really that set us on fire, that make us feel loved and appreciated. Awesome. Love that answer. Great way to end it. Mitch, thanks for everything you shared. Where should we send people if they want to learn more about you? Thanks. I appreciate you. So they can read my blogs at uh, thedebuglife.com and they can follow me on Instagram as same handle, the debug life. And I kind of share everything we've just been talking about as well as all the content I put out there. So yeah, I'd love to talk to the guests there. Excellent. Great job, Mitch. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.